On the first game, I made a like a huge blunder and and he he oh, beat no. me. Seiji, he's on the line but, right now. You're supposed to be a robot. Yeah, what the hell? But. <laughs> hey, hey! Welcome to episode 106 of Bonus Barrel. I am Rob, and with me today is... Shelby. Left. And Seiji. I like that pep. Guys, I'm going to start things off real strong and sad for me. I finished Last Guardian last night. Ooh, nice. How was it? It's one of my favorite games of all time now. I'm going to bump, <laughs> bump it right up. I just want to like just separate myself from this, because I want to play it, and yeah. I'm waiting to play it, and I don't want to hear anything. No spoilers. I'm not going to give any spoilers or anything anything too specific. Uh, just that my I felt... So many emotions while playing this game, good and bad. So don't don't get me. It's not all depressing or anything, but uh, there's a lot of feeling, and it's residual too. I was bummed out last night, but not like, but not like a like a mournful bummed out. Just like if you ever ever experienced something that makes you feel a lot, and then the next day you feel kind of like emotionally drained. That mm-hmm. sound, yeah. So that's how I've been feeling. And I was listening to the soundtrack a little bit and feel, and just man, that game really touched the tiny little heart that I have inside me somewhere. And I have uh, a question. Yes, please. So. Given your current top 100 list, wait, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yep. I don't want to hear a number, right. but top 10? Yes. Top 50? Or top 100 or not in the list? Top 10. I don't, nice. I don't know what All I... Right. So just, just so some non-story spoilers. Because the, the whole game, the, the main point of this game is the atmosphere, the scale, the story, the, the bond, the music. So those are all 100% no issues. The game is not without some flaws. The game is not perfect. It's perfect for me, and, and I, why, I would, why I would not... You know, if we ever do any damage on this, I'm not going to give it any damage. There is some issues. I guess people had problems with slowdown. I never had any issues with with mine, so I guess I got lucky. And of course, like if you play Shadow of the Colossus and Eco, sometimes the camera is a little wonky, and the controls every once in a while will mess you up when you you know you would have made the jump otherwise. But because of the way the camera is kind of moving, you 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 fly off the edge. So so the game is not perfect mechanically, but honestly, like the AI of of, of Trico is really good. And and this isn't like a major break, but uh, like he feels like a real animal. You forget sometimes that you're playing with a, a game character, and, and it fe- he feels like and acts like a uh, cat bird would act. I think a cat bird. Yeah. Hey, this is a fun f- fun little tidbit that I found that you might find interesting, um, Seiji. So Trico is Toriko in in uh, Japanese, which of course is what's it called a portmanteau of of uh, Tori and Neko. You know, oh yeah, yeah, bird, bird, uh, cat. So, <laughs> All right. yeah, he has a dog face, but he he moves and acts like a cat. It's pretty great. Anyway, so that's 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 my gushing. I really hope that we all get a chance to play it because I would love to do a full talk about this game. It's so good. And How many I, hours did did it take to beat it? I didn't realize it was so short because I know you just started playing it like a week and a half ago. Well, it is short, but keep in mind I played it a bunch uh, last yeah. night. I, I thought I only had like an hour last night, and I wound up playing for like four or five hours. It's about <laughs> it's anywhere between eight to twelve hours, depending on how good, fast, and nah, that's you still are. pretty short. It's, it's it's the same length as Shadow of the Colossus, I think, which was not very long either, is right? It? Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Shadow of the Colossus is not very long, and Eco is like a seven-hour no, game. Right, you're so right. yeah. Anyways, yeah, I uh, I think it's a really great game, and I really hope, Sagey, that if you ever decide to fi- finally break down and get a PS4, that's the first game you play, or Journey. Oh, man. I mean, I was telling you guys over the chat that this might be the game that make me want to like buy a <laughs> PS4. You you don't have to feel like the bad guy in this game. Unlike Shadow of the Colossus with his moral, moral <laughs> ambiguity, you are not 
playing a bad guy in this game. So that might, might help you, you get you past that hurdle. You don't have to pet in the end or anything like that? I wouldn't give you spoilers. So. Okay, th- I appreciate it. Man, yeah, no problem. now you I'm afraid it. I have to murder the pet in the end. <laughs> I don't want to give you one way or the other because then if I give you no, anything, you'll start thinking. So, And I, I appreciate yeah. that. So. I want to reconvene someday on this topic when we've all played it. I know at least three of us will be playing it, but Seiji, if you're, if you're, if you're not broke, <laughs> you should buy a PS4 and get this game. It's so good. Oh, good. All right. Anyways, I got news, but let's talk about Super Mario Run or something happy. Yeah. Well, like, is anyone who, anyone else has been playing Mario Run? I've been playing it. I want anyone to. I just. It? I know. I know. Till it, til it's on Android. Android. Till it's in the superior Android system. Yeah, I played it for about an hour or so. But you see, I haven't bought it yet because, well, first of all, this is on the iPad of my wife, so I was just like playing it just because I wanted to play it, but not officially. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I ended up playing it a lot because in level one one and this this is all that i played in those like <laughs> half an hour 45 minutes i don't know level one as, as you guys know there's like hidden coins right so you can just run through it and you pass it and that's it but then there's the added bonus like in all mario games of yeah like all the stuff here and there right but and, the cool thing is yeah and that's the cool a good thing, thing in is its that, favor yeah the cool thing is that there are pink coins right and then you get the pink coins and then there's a like a new challenge to get i think uh, purple coins but when you go through to the purple coins uh, course, like level one and one purple coins is, is a bit different. Like some elements are not in the, in, in the same place and coins are in different places and you can get to different parts of the stage. And then there are green coins and the green coins even like harder. So <laughs> I don't know, I was really into it. I was really into it. Like really trying to get all the coins. And I, I think that's brilliant because it gives a lot of added bonus and... It makes it both accessible, but really, really hard. Like, I, I thought it was hard, you know, for, for a game of, of this nature. I spent a lot of time, and I find it really challenging and a lot of fun. All right. So, I've been, I've been playing it, and I basically what you just said, Seiji, to me, is kind of the only good thing that this game has. Um, you are able to kind of play through the same level, get, was it like purple, pink, and then black or green coins, and the level kind of changes every time. And, and I think that's really cool. But overall... I'm not really liking anything else that this game has to bring to the table. It's it's not so bad, like, what you do, it's fun-wise, but all the other elements I really haven't been enjoying too terribly much. Um, personally, I hate that you have to play it online. There's no offline play for this game whatsoever. And I feel like with, with an infinite run, those, those are games that are, you know, made to be played offline. I shouldn't need to play online for that. Um, alternatively, it has, like, a town-building type thing where you have to rebuild the mushroom kingdom which is really shallow because you can only place things in extremely specific places so there's very little customization that you can do um so i'm kind of kind of disappointed so far with it um like like the thing that seiji said how you can play through the levels again uh and gather the different coins is 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 a good feature but that's kind of the only good feature that i'm really recognizing in this game so far and i have gotten all of the coins for I I haven't bought it, but you can play the first three stages. So I played the first three stages, and I got all the three different types of coins for all of those three stages. So I'm kind of done with the game already. And I don't know if I'm gonna buy it. You know, the game is it's outsold um, Pokemon Go already, and it's making quite a bit of of moolah. Well, that is true. I mean, uh, the, the same day that Super Mario Run was released, I think Nintendo stock dropped like five percent, which is like a lot. I think investors were concerned about. The one-time transaction for the game. Oh, no. In that it was too steep. So, for what it is, I'd never played a game like this 
on mobile not 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 exactly that's not exactly true like the rayman game which is also like a, a an infinite runner kind of game was similar but this one i thought it was uh, a lot better i like that it makes you forget that, that you're playing a mobile game this is a quality that sometimes I, I like to find in the mobile games that i like is that a lot of them have this lower quality thing to them they, and they, they feel like appish instead of gameish i don't know if that makes any any sense it does but when I'm playing Carol Blaster, when I'm playing like Clash Royale, this is what I feel like. I'm just focusing on the gameplay. And Super Mario Run does that for me. It's, it's really well done. It's, it's probably the game that, uh, that wasn't treated with like a lower quality bar from the developer. I think Nintendo really tried to, to bring that experience. And, and Rob, I, I know that you don't like the, the new Super Mario Brothers aesthetic, but I, I thought that it, it goes really well for, for what the game is. I'm more than being excited for Super Mario Run, I'm excited for what Nintendo is going to do with their next games, especially Animal Crossing. I, I've said a couple of times that I'm really excited about what they're going to do with Animal Crossing. I think Super Mario Run is a good start for uh, what might be, you know, that thing that I mentioned a lot, which is the le legitimization of the platform. So, yeah. Something you said uh, ticked me off, not, not something you specifically, but Early on, when you were saying that investors dropped because they felt it was uh, too steep for no in-app purchases and the one-time thing, like $10 for a game is not that much money. And it annoys me that the whole freemium purchase thing is kind of like, I think we may have touched on this before, but the fact that other games that are worth a one-time charge are worth these things. They don't make as much money because they don't have in-app purchases. So even though you, you think you're getting a game for free, you wind up paying way more than what you would on just getting Super Mario Run once and getting a good quality game. And people like won't spend... Even $5 will make people pause. And I'm guilty of this myself too. When I see a Square Enix game on there for 15 bucks, my, my knee-jerk reaction is, well, it's on mobile. Why the hell would I pay that much money? Even though if that had came out physically, I'd probably pay twice the amount for it. Or even if it was on the PSN or, or the or this eShop. So there's something about this whole... Uh, just the way that games, the exact same game on one platform, not feeling worse, not feeling worth the same on another, is something I find problematic, and I don't see going away anywhere. But it's just a thing that really bothers me, and it's it's a I don't, I don't know I don't know I have no solutions to it, but it just pisses me off a bit. Well, like with with the purchase price of a Super Mario Run, like I, I would definitely imagine that what is it like thirteen ninety nine I believe I I would say that like four or five of that is literally just the fact that it's Mario and that's Nintendo. You know, I feel like if you would play a comparable game that's just not a Nintendo game, it would probably be, you know, under $10. Um, so some, you, sometimes you just pay for that name brand, and it's just kind of annoying. Because um, like, one thing that, that I said when I was first playing it, and I messaged Seiji, and then I was like, oh, it's $13.99, that's a little more than I wanted. Because if it was under $10, I would have jumped on it right away. And then he said, you can buy two Kara Blasters with that. And that's kind of, <laughs> that's very true. 2.3. Yeah, two <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, man. It's just, well, you say it's that brand, but it's not just a brand. Nintendo also has a more or less record of a, of a quality that carries over no matter what they do. Now, of course, there are some exceptions of shitty games, even from Nintendo, but in general, their games are pretty good. So it's more than just the brand, although the brand is also worth paying for because Mario is, is a pretty awesome. Like, I'd rather play a Mario Run than Generic Dude Run, although I like Jetpack Joy Run. I don't know, man. Generic Dude Run sounds pretty awesome. Generic Dude Run sounds pretty good, actually. Not only the brand, but as you said, is how Nintendo has, has done a really good job at protecting the brand, right? It's very unlike 
what Sega has done with Sonic, for example. Because I, I remember when this is pre-smartphone, like pre-iPhone era, like Sega was already putting Sonic and Sonic 2 on mobile devices. And you could just tell that they weren't really taking it seriously. You know, it's they're pimping out Sonic. Shelby, you uh, you only play mobile games. Have you checked this game out yet? No, nope, I have not. Any particular reason? You just hate Mario, or do you hate fun, or what's going on? No, I just haven't played it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just I'm trying to get you trying to get you involved in the conversation, Shelby. God. Oh no, I'm 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 listening. All right. <laughs> well, I, I've been I've been still playing a lot of Final Fantasy 15, and I haven't had Me any too. real <laughs> problems until the other night, where I was having a lot of real bad glitches going on. Oh really? And yeah, um, my chocobo was completely transparent. <laughs> uh, which was really weird. Oh. And I was talking, to, well, talking to a friend of mine who's been playing it, yeah. and he said that he played for about like three, four hours, and then eventually Gladio just disappeared. Oh. And Gladio has not returned there? yet, and he's been playing for about 15, 20 hours. Wait, now. he glitched oh, out, or was... Because there's a story part where Gladio leaves for a while. No, no, no. He's definitely okay. not that far. Um, uh, did you see the uh, the video I posted of a glitch? It was, it was of... Uh, Prompto and Ignis just standing on the chocobo. (laughs) (laughs) You should check out Facebook sometime left. They're pretty hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Some of my friends have uh, glitches where the ground doesn't render. So, like, you'll get a bunch of pictures that Prompto took and you'll go through (laughs) them, and there's literally just no ground in any of them. That is awesome. So they're just Uh, standing in space. I like that. That's that's a fun glitch. Yeah. Yeah, Graphic glitches don't bother me because you can usually just reset it and it's, it's fine. And sometimes they're hilarious. Uh, it's getting glitches that fuck your game up that that bother me. I haven't encountered oh, yeah, any of those yeah. yet. So, oh, yeah. has no, he tried no. like linking with Gladio? Does he come back like anytime well, there's a battle? He, like, he says happens? he's he says according to him that it seems like Gladio is there because he's talking. He seems oh. to be <laughs> fighting. He can get him to do his his tech attacks, but it's like he's invisible. He's got that cloak from Harry Potter. Guys, yeah, there we go, Gladio. Gladio's a wizard. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. There's no Gladio in the game. Gladius died ten years ago. <laughs> 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 real quick on last guardian uh the theme the, the music uh, called victorious is an awesome soundtrack and people are not soundtrack but song people should listen to it and also guys this game barrels are pivotal to this game barrels are <laughs> like the i i remember saying it to megan while i was playing like, barrels are saving the day barrels are the best game barrels i think last guardian is the epitome of why of why barrels are good in games the second co- only would be Don- they made this game yeah. for us the yeah. second only co- would be donkey kong because donkey kong uses barrels a lot too but this is the best use of barrels yet of which you guys will someday see i'm singing the praises of barrels so yeah anyways i got some news articles that we can comment on so did you hear sage you probably know about this one i, I say as i'm biding time while i bring up the article just kind of putting words in all right here it is select fans invited <laughs> to see nintendo switch early so nintendo is inviting this is from ign these are all from ign uh nintendo is inviting select users of its my nintendo servers to try out the upcoming nintendo switch console before its release in march uh so first reported by go nintendo and since independently confirmed by ign there's invitation emails that have been sent out asking chosen users to sign up for a ticket and um they have an image of the ticket and stuff and so there you go did anybody of you guys get the email to uh, go try the switch out early? <laughs> no. See, no? Uh, I feel slighted by this, guys. Where's my Where's my email? You'd have to go to New York, Washington, Chicago, or Los Angeles, or San Francisco. But So chances are pretty good yeah. no one in Canada was invited. <laughs> I think it's U.S. only, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Whatever. I don't, I don't need your switch. I'll just buy it in March. I don't, fuck, I don't care. Another switch news. Have you guys seen the new patent that they leaked? New Nintendo Switch patent shows VR headset accessory. 
Well, yeah, and they also released an earlier one that shows that has a touchscreen. Oh, good. Well, it probably it probably does. So this one here is a, is a diagram, of course, a patent diagram that you can see online. Where basically it looks like one of those um, mobile ones that you can get, where you can put the phone inside this kind of slot and whatever lenses in there makes it feel like it's uh, uh vr it looks so like tv on your face like yeah basically P- P1 which is P- P- p2's dream oh P2. Have a, okay. yeah so have a tv on his face he might be able to get this with the switch without having to buy a crazy expensive uh additional uh, accessory however you probably will have to pay like 100 bucks for this i'm guessing i don't fucking know if it comes true though and it actually works as well or at least almost as well as other vr that's a pretty big win in the switch's uh, switch's favor to be honest with you like you know if i can play vr games on switch and it works just as well as you'd want it to or even if i can just have it on my face like p2 once i mean that's that's pretty great that's a good selling point they could brand it like hey uh, they have a switch. <laughs> take it anywhere. Wear it on your face anywhere. You look cool. They have, they, have a, they have a commercial, and everybody's in like it's the same commercial. The plane, the go karts, all shit. But then instead of them playing the switch with their hands, it's all on their face, and they're all just like walking around laughing and stuff while they're playing like golf and shit in real life. But they're also playing it on the switch at the same time on their face. I can see it. Pretty great. You Tell know, what- I've been I've been thinking a little bit about that comment that that I didn't actually hear him say, but you said that oh he, said he wants it. to play. Uh, he likes the idea of VR because he can just have a screen on his face. TV on his and face. I, I, a TV on his face. Um, and I kind of <laughs> agree with that completely. I, I do too. As you, I don't like VR at all, but something about just being able to lay down extremely comfortably yeah. and just have a TV attached to my face. It sounds pretty great, nice. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. It sounds ace to have a TV attached to your face. Toasty! Oh. Right, Shelby? No. Do you like the idea of VR, Shelby? Have you, I don't think we've heard your stance on VR. Let's hear it. Uh, I get really sick when I, I play VR, so yeah, I don't have much <laughs> much to say about it. You guys have actually tried VR? Only a little bit. I've tried um the mobile attachment, uh, like the uh, phone attachment one, and played a game. It was actually quite fun to play, to be honest. I have not played one of the big ones, like the uh, Vive or or the uh, PlayStation or whatever. I haven't played, haven't tried any of those yet. I'd like to though. How about you? Yeah. You you probably have, right? Nope, no. not me. Someone wants to send us, uh, send me a PlayStation, uh, what are they called? Uh, Morpheus headset. I don't know what the fuck it's called. PlayStation VR. If you want to send that to me, please uh, get in touch with me. I'll take it for free. <laughs> and I'll let you know how I think about it, which is, I'm sure everybody's dying for my opinion on the uh, PlayStation that, that's VR. That's a good deal for them. So. I think so, right? Yeah. I'll even, I'll, yeah. I'll, give, I'll credit you too in the uh, <laughs> spare old credits. <laughs> Uh, Long list of credits. Yeah, (laughs) another. I only have a couple more pieces of news. Uh, Ukulele, pretty cool game. Excited to play it on the Wii U. Too bad you can't play on the Wii U because it's been canceled for it. (laughs) (laughs) You're so mean. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is. It is a bummer, but yeah, they canceled it for the Wii U. That's sad, right? Yeah, it's kind of sad, but I guess it's not. But it's not a big surprise, especially with the Switch coming out. Like, why would you release a game for the Wii U? I hurt my finger when I slammed the desk. It, hurt, it hurts right now. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But they, they are talking about uh, getting it to the Switch. So I guess yeah, they're exactly, switching yeah. platforms. <laughs> right, Shelby? No. <laughs> well, Sage, uh, you're a diehard Wii U fan. Wii U being your favorite console of all time. Until you buy a PlayStation 4. Uh, what do you think <laughs> about the ukulele being switched over? Fine, that's fine. One less game for me to buy. <laughs> one, one more slap in the face. One less game. You know, you reminded me of something. I actually bought one of those Zelda amiibos. I forgot what it was like to buy an amiibo, but I picked up the uh, Ocarina of Time Link playing the Ocarina. Uh, oh, okay. it's really nice. They're very nice. 
I want to get the other two at some point. What yeah. are the other two? The other one is 8-Bit Link, which looks great. And the other one is a two-pack of yep. um, Zelda and Wind Waker, or Zelda and Link from Wind Waker. Ooh. It's pretty adorable, actually. Yeah. But that one, of course, costs a lot more because it's two and one. But I still, I, I do want it, though. It's good. And what else do I have? Two more things for One more thing for me. This is the one that's for Lef, I'm sure, because he's the only one to play Street Fighter V. Well, guess what? They're reportedly soon going to publicly shame rage quitters. It's they, and they, yeah, I saw that, and they've been kind yeah. of on this trend of punishing rage quitters since the game came out. Um, I think, I think, right, like within the first few weeks, they they announced that there were basically like people who rage quit, like wouldn't be able to like queue for a match for like an hour or something like that. So um, this is just kind of furthering along their let's let's prevent rage quitters in our game. So I, I think should, it's funny how they how companies are taking a stand on this kind of stuff. We should, uh, I'll just mention what it is that they're doing and then we can comment on that and, and this whole thing in general. But uh, this is a screenshot. It just says disconnecting during a network match. Penalties will be incurred for disconnecting during a network match, including LP, I guess that's currency, yeah. Yeah. reduction, and temporary matchmaking restrictions. Also, special icons will be displayed on the fighter profiles of players who frequently disconnect, as well as those who never do, making it easier for players the same icon to battle against each other. So there you go. They're 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 segregating rage, rage quitters them. fighting rage quitters. Yeah, yeah. Who <laughs> will rage quit first? Yeah. So, uh, so I don't. I'm never a big fan of publicly shaming anything, but this is not like the the article sensationalized it. it makes it sound like Capcom's actually sen- like you know listing all the players' accounts. Yeah, of, yeah. It's like just an icon. In, uh, yeah, they're like mailing people, being like, "Oh, this person's yeah, like, a rage quitter. Don't associate yourself with yeah. them." <laughs> but instead, it's it's an icon that just shows Ooh. that hey, this guy is un- unreliable, and I, I like that. I'm with it. I I think that's a good idea. Well, I don't like, want to play with it, some dude who does it all the time. Well, yeah, girl. it also reminds me a little bit of what they would, what over Blizzard was doing with Overwatch. I remember you mentioned it a while ago. I can't remember the exact details, but then they have it so that like they would, uh, like a voice cue would like if someone said like "gg too easy" or whatever. Like oh, that, they switched they would the, kind of the shame text, them yeah. a little bit and stuff like that. It's, it so, it switches the text to nice things, which is yeah, pretty, exactly, pretty hilarious, yeah. actually. Um, so I think I think it's just these companies, you know, un- unfortunately with these hyper-competitive multiplayer games, there's a lot of toxic players that, that involve themselves in it. And and I think that these companies are just trying to do a good job of, of minimizing that because they do have some responsibility of trying to keep their game, you know, positive and fun for everyone. Um, so I, th- I just think that this is just a step in the right direction for just what games are becoming with this hyper-competitiveness. Every multiplayer, like, competitive game I've played which has a general chat is the most racist, toxic shit I've seen oh, within seconds. Horrible. Within horrible. seconds, it's like holy crap, man! It's just and it's like that's all the chat is too. It is barely any sort of neutrality, let alone positivity. And like, I don't need people to be like all happy and hugging each other and shit, especially in a competitive game. But why, why drop to racism and name calling and just bigotry and shit? It's just like it's insane. I don't. It's crazy. It's I, I don't. I guess it's just a kid thing. Maybe I'm old now, Shelby. You're probably like that when you play them. But like Lef and Sage and I, we're old. We don't really talk like that anymore. So maybe that's all it is. It's just people like I Shelby. tend not to talk because I am a female. So if I said anything, I would you know automatically it's, get it's not, uh, attacked by people. It's not the 50s anymore. You're allowed to talk. You don't just because you're a woman doesn't mean you're <laughs> No, it's... <laughs> Go ahead. Your permission. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I, I know I know what you're saying, though. Like, if you, if you talk as a girl, you're... I mean, good luck. You're going to get harassed twice as much. Uh, there's probably like a ranking system, and if you are like a minority female, you are going to get the most shit from people. So you know, yeah, that's it's online communities, man. They're just not 
I don't know. I like competitive games, but I just don't participate really in, in that shit. It's just it's not worth the effort. No. It's, quite frankly, a lot of the times when I do play these types of games, I just turn chat off because I'm just like, I don't want to be involved. Just don't want to have anything to do with it. I'd rather just imagine everyone's a mute. It's the same thing like if I'm watching uh, streams. You know, streams will usually have the uh, oh my God, sidebar. Are the I just close them right away. I close this to chat. Right away. I don't want to yeah. see it. I just want to watch the video or whatever. I, I can't stand the – and almost all of it is like half of it is just trolling and, and racism. <laughs> <laughs> terrible all right well that's all that the news i have for today i just i don't know i love games and i i don't i think that uh, the majority of game players are regular people who aren't you know filth trash but uh you, you see a lot of filthy trashy shit coming out just in these no, small communities it's, yeah it's certainly like i feel like it's like a few bad eggs kind yeah. of ruins it for everybody kind of bad thing. bad apples left is it apples or eggs what's, i think it's what's bad apples, apples. Oh, okay now that I move cities and stuff, yeah, I have a very different routine in my morning. So one one of the things that I could do very differently is that I have a longer commute. Okay, something that I actually I'm looking forward uh, every Monday morning is to listen to CC Weekly while I stroll <laughs> down the work. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and and they're really gracious with us. I just want to say, you know, it's just saying thank you, and and they also do a, a great job with with their community. It's, they're it's, really good. They're really, really good. I missed the last <laughs> episode though. And finally, I mean, this happened because I, I think P2 mentioned that he played chess, and then I mentioned that I played chess <laughs> yeah. on, on, on our podcast, so we started playing the chess. The gauntlet uh, was drawn. BB versus CC. Who's the winner? We've only played one game, oh and we, are, are, we have another one in progress. <laughs> so the, on the first game, I made a, like a huge blunder, and, and he, he oh, beat no. me. Seiji, oh. oh, he's but, on the line but, right now. You're supposed to be a robot. Yeah, what the hell? But... <laughs> But in this second game, yeah. I'm watching the position right now as we speak. Oh God! I think I'm I, I, I think I'm gonna get him like getting good. Hey, do you, do you want? Here's your chance. You should trash talk him right now. Give, like say like, bring it on, man. BB's gonna crush you. You've got nothing. Some, I'm some hardcore chess trash. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I don't want to call it a victory before it actually happens. But I think I, I don't see how he can get out of this. This is a message uh, we, for you, brother. So, so P2, just just for reference, <laughs> just for reference, we we are at move twenty five. I'm waiting for his 26. He's playing white. So, Seiji. I think I got him. I don't I think. Love... I, I don't know, P2. I don't know how you're going to get out I... of this, but I think I got, I got you good. <laughs> that is so Seiji trash talk. Being no, like, no. We're on turn 25, and I'm yeah. already gonna going to win. That's Seiji trash talk. <laughs> I'm going to trash talk for Seiji. P2, brother, you're going down. Seiji's going to grind <laughs> your chess piece into your face. He's going he's gonna to make a chessboard out of your body and bones. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh my god. You're going to be driven out of the cartridge club community, boy. And well, uh, that's how What it goes. you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Up next, Lara Croft Go. That was nice timing, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're finally doing a game damage uh, discussion thingy that we do. I, I can't talk to it at all. 
Uh, Lara Croft Go, a mobile game, and now, of course, on the PlayStation Vita and PS4, which is, I have not played it on, so we'll be talking about Android and Apple, I'm assuming. I didn't get, actually didn't get any information down. I should, we should probably provide that. I'm gonna do it right now. Lara Croft Go Wiki. Bam! From Wikipedia, the ever-reliable. It was, uh, developed by Square Enix Montreal, published by Square Enix. Available on, of course, all the platforms we mentioned. Oh, and Windows. Did not know that. Turn-based puzzle game in the Tomb Raider series. That's all you really need to know. And yeah, so I don't know where to start other than someone else talking. Well, I want to start about how we came to playing this game a little yes, bit. Yes, good so way. Ba- ba- so, Seiji has... I think Seiji's played this game quite a while ago. Um, and he's talked about it before to us, in, in particular in private and, and on the show. Um, and then, basically, it was just out one day. There was a 99-cent deal, and you got Laura Croft Go and Hitman Go for 99 cents. At least for the Apple Store. I don't know if you yep. Android guy got it. I got on sale, but I didn't get both. So, I got both. And the... So, and then I started playing um, Lara Croft Go, which is just, I loved it. So much fun, um, I'm, I'm, without getting into too much. And then I started playing Hitman Go after I finished Lara Croft Go, and then I realized how terrible Hitman Go is in comparison. <laughs> um, so if anyone out there wants to play one of these two games, if you want to play both, play Hitman Go first, and then move on to Lara Croft Go, and then yeah. your mind will just expand. Will it blow it up. But, but if you got a little bit turned off by Hitman Go, don't let that turn you off for Lara Croft Go. Oh, oh, certainly not. But the thing is, is that I felt like when I was playing Hitman Go, I was kind of like, oh man, this sucks compared to Lara Croft Go. So I just kept wanting to go back and play more Lara Croft Go, which is kind of why I have this weird opinion of Hitman Go, because it's just, it's the obviously inferior version of the two games, because they're oh. pretty much similar mechanically completely, right? But yeah. Lara Croft Go is just so much more refined. So would you say you can Lara Croft Go ahead and skip Hitman, <laughs> right? Shall we? Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, to the benefit of Hitman Go, I mean th- that is a a game that that was the debut game of this particular studio, and yeah, they were certainly. super ambitious with the with the art style and the con the the concept that they were doing. I mean, who could have thought of of doing this kind of game with that kind of franchise? I know it's in, crazy. In the style that they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so huge props to Square Enix Montreal. Uh, it's great, but Lara Croft Go, that is a masterpiece. Let's try to explain a little bit of how the game plays. So it's kind of a pseudo-isometric looking style, a very simple graphics. We can talk about graphics in a little bit because I have more to say about that. But basically, it's almost like a um, almost like a, a maze or a puzzle or a, a, like a board game kind of layout. So you have these nodes and you swipe to move to a node. Uh, and there's enemies and obstacles in the way, and you can push and pull things, and you can pick up weapons and use them. And basically, you have to get from one end to the other safely without dying. Is that a good summary of things? Sound right? Yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. Yeah. yeah, very simple on the surface. Starts out very easy and gets v- very difficult. And I didn't even play the DLC, which I, which you guys can tell me later, is is very hard. Um, there's five chapters, and and yeah, increasing. You you get more game mechanics as you go, and more enemies and stuff. It's it's quite an impressive game. Certainly not a game that I would have felt I would have uh, seen on this platform, based on just the history of games on this platform. But um, yeah, it's the gameplay is seems simple, but it's one of those things that's easy to play. But you know, the challenge level keeps going up and up, and and it's quite fun. And and some of the puzzles are a little devious. I died quite a bit playing this game. 
which is oh, another yeah. great thing because it's generous. It just brings you right back at the beginning of that level, and and so even though there is that sense of loss and you having to redo things, it's not too punishing, which is good. I don't really want to start a whole area over again. I don't want to get a game over. I just want to keep trying the puzzle because it's you know difficult. Mm-hmm. And there's little just checkpoints and stuff. Yeah, well, like even even in how some some stages would have like two to three kind of sub stages in it, yep. and as long as you completed the first sub stage and you're on the second one, if you died a dozen times in the second one, it would always start you off at the second one. So that was that was definitely nice. How you could just keep keep at it and just keep banging your head against the wall until you figure out the puzzle, which is pretty much my technique for beating these games. <laughs> I also want to mention that I actually played it a little bit when it just got released, but it I didn't actually play it like a lot i think until after marshall mentioned it in a show in in a bonus battle episode once Mm -hmm. and after it won the the mobile game of the year during the 2015 game awards because it got a lot of attention and also got i think a new expansion by then which is like which is great actually so yeah i mean the game has been going on for for a while they keep releasing stuff, and they're going to, to release a, a new expansion soon. They announced it in... Yeah, PlayStation Experience, thing. or whatever they want to call it. Yeah, PlayStation Experience. So the game is kind of... So it's interesting the way... So just to keep on the gameplay. Um, the game is broken into five chapters, and there is... So it, the game kind of actually literally sets you up with like books that you, you scroll through. And it's kind of cool because it reminds me of a little bit of the Nathan Drake drawings in, in the Uncharted series, and I'm probably, in, probably the same in the... Tomb Raider series too, but you have like this simple story, like the sketch looking map, you know, like for example, one, the first area is called the entrance and you actually see the levels, almost like a Super Mario World kind of setup. And, but you see like a, a path that you're moving through and, and these like simple little drawings on a sketchbook and it's integrated very well and it looks really nice. And I thought that was a pretty cool touch to the game. Yeah, no, I, I'll agree to that. And, and another touch that I really liked is just how it was in one of the first levels you kind of encounter this gigantic snake boss thing mm-hmm. and it kind of chases you throughout the whole game and then Nemesis. it's not until like the last two levels where you really kind of have to face off against it and, and puzzle solving mania um so Isn't it was kind of a brilliant? cool touch it really yeah, was it, it definitely sets, was it sets you up the entire game like that your, your entire game you know that snakes in the background it's slowly chasing you and and uh it's very satisfying towards the end when you have to kind of face off The way they do battles in this game, which, you know, I say that very, very loosely, is it's done really yeah, well, though. It's a matter of picking quotations. up weapons and maneuvering yourself and, and getting out of view. Like, there's a lot of different enemies in this game. There's, like, uh, lizard people, spiders, um, fucking snakes? what else? Snakes, of course. Uh, giant snakes. Uh, there's also traps like buzz saws, and you get your levers and all this shit, and you're moving platforms. But uh, what the, was there any other enemies I'm missing? I can't recall what other enemies there was. I think that was just the lizards that followed you. Yep. The snakes stayed in place, so if you moved within one and facing them, they would kill you. Yep. And then the spiders would just kind of move up and down on a on a on an axis kind of thing. You know, yeah, that's pretty much. So the game kind of has you traveling. So you're you're basically in this like snake temple underground area, but but you move through surprisingly a lot of different uh, locations like you'll see um, crumbling rocky areas, like really claustrophobic underground areas, and then um, you'll see forests and stuff like that, and temples. 
so it, it, and so I guess to, to talk about the graphics a bit, it keeps you. It's really beautiful. Like I'm sure, you, I'm sure Shelby, you can agree with with that. Mm-hmm. Like aesthetically, the game looks awesome. It has a strong use of foreground and framing. It's very, um, it's very cohesive too. Like no element, like in the UI or in the actual game, feels super out of place. Agreed. Everything like is is very cohesive. And um, if you if you've ever done 3D modeling, like I said, you mentioned earlier that they were really like ambitious with like the graphics and like the style of it and stuff. And they really uh, were. Uh, efficient, I guess, with their use of like polys and stuff. Because um, Lara, like, she she's very simple, like the way she's designed, but uh, they definitely get the most out of, out of all the polys and tries and shit that they could use. So it harkens back a little bit to the uh, her original, like the original mm-hmm. PlayStation game was obviously very low poly due to the uh, limitations back then. But it's it mm-hmm. still, and unlike those games, of course, even if it has a similar poly count, the um, it probably has more than that. But the the lighting and and the smoothing and everything else is, is of course modern about it but it has like a retro feel to it but mm-hmm. but also just an aesthetic that you're not used to seeing in this franchise at all though it's it's kind of cartoony and and mm-hmm. almost bright in some areas although now the color palettes change from area to area but it has this like simplified style but it's also has one thing i would say like one word that describes this game is depth which because it, it uses multiple like you, you're traveling through the board foregrounds and backgrounds and, and there's uh, overlays and, and you can see really far in the distance and there's fog and haze. It just has a lot of atmosphere and scale and, and depth to it that I, I, it's very inviting and fun to play. It really makes you feel like you're, you're exploring this crumbly little area and not just running through an area. Because my phone is pretty old. Like it's, I think, three or four years old now. And then like normally with games... Uh, like this, like newer games that are coming out, and especially the the 3D ones, they'll usually have difficulty running on older phones. But uh, when I played it, like I had almost no performance issues, like at all. Like sometimes, like I would get a text as I was playing, and it would just kind of like pause for a second. But otherwise, it was totally like, you know. So don't be like afraid to try it if you have an an older device. So it's very it optimized. Really well. Yeah. And good, it plays on multiple platforms, which is which is a, a thing that mobile developers have to keep in mind. And it's difficult to balance because there's so many different phones and shit. Yeah. And the definitely. fact that it can run across so many platforms well is a good testament to, to the way that these guys engineered this game, which is great. And no, I want. To, I was, we were talking about the animations and, and yeah. stuff, and I just kind of wanted to touch a little bit more on that. And, Please. And, and that's the biggest significant difference that whenever you play Hitman Go versus playing Lara Croft Go, because Hitman Go, if you haven't played it, you you, you move Agent whatever his name is around on the board just like you do in uh, Lara Croft Go. But the difference is that you're just like a, 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 a board game piece. Like you mm-hmm. you have like a base, and characters don't really have any oh, really? animation. Okay. They just no no. It's very static. Um, and then when you start playing Lara Croft Go, where and it's also very just kind of like a white backdrop on like almost every level in, in Hitman Go. So it's every level kind of that I played at least looked very similar. Um, and then you move to Lara Croft Go, where the environments change and Lara Croft herself is very animated. And they even uh, one little thing that they do is sometimes when you like climb up a wall, she'll do like like a cartwheel kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, animation and and it's just like really cool how they added all this stuff into it when you play and then you play Hitman Go and you're just basically moving around board game pieces and then when you you feel like you're really playing a game in, in Lara Croft Go right so it's, it's it's just sometimes the small things like that that really make uh, you connect to the game a lot more it brings life to it and unlike like one where you're like you said you're literally playing a board game and one where you're 
you know, I don't, I don't, you're playing through, you, you play through Laura Croft a little bit more in this game than you are directing a board game piece. Yeah, exactly. And it feels more exactly. like a game in a living world as opposed to a static environment, which I think is cool. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's, you know, there's a lot of touches like atmospheric dust and animals and shit that are moving around. It's just, it's, uh, it's presentation is great. And another thing is I, I played this game with the music on, which is a rare thing with uh, mobile games that you will bother to do. But the music and sound design in this game is really good, too. The crumbling rocks and the, and the the stupid fucking snakes. Every time they kill me, that goddamn hiss. Just uh, <laughs> stuff like that. Like it just it's really fun to to keep the sound on. So I'd recommend people pl- at least try it with the sound on before they. It, you turn know, it off. I wasn't playing it at all with sound. And then I think in in our our bonus reel chat, I think Shelby once mentioned that the sound was really good. And I was like, this yeah. game has sound. <laughs> and then I, then ever since then, I started playing with sound. I love hitting or getting levers, like pulling the levers, just because of like, and even like just pulling them and then watching like a platform slide across or just like you know whatever. Just the noise or the the effect is really satisfying. <laughs> like I like listening to it. This game is a complete package. Mm-hmm. So me mentioning this is not like it's not saying that this is the only the thing that I like the most. But I just want to highlight it is how they design the game so that you you learn the, the mechanics of the game by actually playing it. It's really like Portal. Mm-hmm. It's really similar to Portal. Yeah. I don't remember ever reading any text or instructions, and if if there is, it must be very very minimal. Mm-hmm. But the the game just puts you there and lets you make mistakes and that is the best way of learning that is the best way uh, of realizing certain things it makes everything more meaningful just play level one and you you you'll notice what, what i'm talking about you don't know what is going on but um the game directs you uh very minimally but but very deeply in the way um every level is designed and every time they introduce a new mechanic the level is designed in in such a way that is very obvious or it's easy to realize what what they actually do and that is very difficult to do in terms of design. I mean, it makes a lot of sense when, when you say it like that. But just look at all the other games, especially in mobile. And the, the term tutorialization, right? It's just like click here, do that, tap here, tap, you know, directing the player what to do. It's it's like the the easy way to go. So they, they took a lot of trouble, not only with the genre, not only with, with how they treated uh, certain aspects of the franchise, how, you know, all, all of those decisions. And on top of that, creating such a cohesive experience, that is uh, a very rare thing. And I agree. That's good. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about, so you kind of mentioned that there was the, the first five stages of the game and then there's the DLC, which is the C- Cave of Fire, Cavern of Fire. Who all played through the, the fifth level or the Cavern of Fire level, whatever it is? I did, didn't. Did, you didn't do it? And no. I know Seiji has because Seiji's yeah. hardcore. I and Rob, did you? I may have tried it, but I, I quickly didn't bother. It was too hard. And I, w- I wasn't in the <laughs> So, so that's the thing is that, you know, when you're playing the first stages, you know, it's, it's a challenging game because, you know, it's, it's a puzzle game. It gets they, hard. They make yeah. you think. It, it definitely gets hard. But I've always felt like, you know, I'm always like, you know, one step away from figuring out the puzzle. Um, when you move on to Caverns of Fire, you will, I, you will literally play and just be like, I have absolutely no clue what I'm supposed to be doing in some of these stages. <laughs> um, it took a lot of hard work um, to kind of get through that. Um, in the very end, whenever – because the biggest – thing that is different in the caverns of fire stage is that the three enemies that we mentioned they're they're present in the caverns of fire but the big mechanical difference with these characters or the enemies is that they don't die permanently oh they shit so when, <laughs> when you do kill one they're out of commission if you move like five oh, uh areas 
and then they will respond. So it's all about, you know, basically killing them and then using them to sometimes you have to kill them on a certain button so you can keep that button long enough for you to get through and it it makes the game 10 times more challenging uh when you have to kind of realize that hey this enemy is going to respawn in in five turns kind of thing um yeah so that was the biggest trick to the caverns of fire is, is kind of mastering that caverns of fire is not just harder puzzles but they keep adding new mechanics Left mentioned about the the characters not dying. I love how they justify it through the aesthetics of the game, which is like the the enemies are made like from crystals, yeah, like magic yeah. crystals. So they crumble and then they you know, they come together again. It's really cool. And it also actually made the ending kind of cinematic of the Caverns of Fire really climactic. It was really cool. I'm not going to spoil it because you should play it. Something I want to add about last fight. So with the snake, uh, one thing about that's the, the regular version of the game. It was satisfying killing him, but there is the last the last chapter is like the escape. This is where you're leaving the cavern, and I found that it felt really epic and exciting with all the crumbling and shit stuff. And it feels like you're running out of time, but there there is no actual time limit, <laughs> and which is good because that's more stressful. But but you don't you feel like there's a time limit, and I think I, when a game when the game makes you invent that narrative in your head without actually needing to force a timer on you i think that's a really good testament to good game and story design and yeah. uh a similar there's similar things like that in, in last guardian to uh to compare the two games and just those types of those types of things in games make me happy so i like that the only only real big thing missing from the caverns of fire uh, dlc is is the presence of a big overseeing boss like the big snake that the regular game has but it's not yeah. it's not like a great thing that is missed but it would be nice if something like that was present in it but it the the very last level as it was was really complicated there was like many different diverging paths you could take um and it was really really cool um and it was at first it, there's so many levels in the caverns of fire that are just they feel so overwhelming because you literally take two steps and then you get attacked by a snake and you're like well how the hell am i supposed to do this um and like i was getting i almost rage quit a few times because it was just so aggravating where there was one part with a snake and i literally had no clue what i was supposed to do i i did eventually figure it out obviously but um there's so many times in the caverns of fire where you're just like because my, my like i said my strategy for most of the game was just bang my head against the puzzle until i eventually kind of figure it out you know you you try as many different paths as you can and there were so many times in the caverns of fire where i felt like you know i hit every path i potentially could and i had absolutely no clue what else to do um but there's always just that one little thing that you were missing at the caverns of fire that that made it you know really exciting uh there's another thing to run over the, the game outside of the gameplay is some options so you can actually, so you can collect relics. There's collectibles in this game, which we didn't mention. You can collect relics, and is there another thing you collect, or is it just relics? Relics and relics in, in gems. Right, relics and gems. So you can collect those, and you can also unlock outfits in the games, and you can change them. Uh, there's <laughs> things like, uh, I just I brought up a quick list here. There's the classic <laughs> one. There's wetsuit, Area 51, bomber jacket, Antarctica, catsuit, and <laughs> Midas Lara, which looks like it's all gold. So, so there's some fun unlockables that you can get in the game, which is cool. Always makes these games more like it's good for replayability. You want to go back and, and replay this, but now you, at least you can start collecting some shit and unlock some stuff as well. <laughs> there's also more from Square Enix option that, of course, shows you the other games and a communication option that lets you like, follow, etc., which is very unobtrusive in this game, which is nice. It's not throwing it in your face the whole time, like, hey, invite five friends to play the game. It's it's there if you want to do that kind of thing, but it's just an option that's set off to the side, which I think is pretty cool. Did did anyone unlock any of the outfits or? I don't. Yeah. Think so. Bomber jacket. 
Nice. Oh, cool. How'd you unlock it? Uh, it's, you get well, it's the relics. One of the, yeah, one oh, of the relics. I can't neat. remember which one yeah. it was, but it might have been the snake, the two-headed snake one. Though. Pretty sure I had classic or Thanks. or the, uh, the the retro one, the old Lara mm-hmm. one. I like um, also that if you miss, like, you can see if you missed, like, gems and pieces of the relic and stuff yep. in that yeah. in the books or whatever. So you can just go back and then and replay it. Yeah, it's well, really one good. thing that I did is I I don't know why with with this and Carol Blaster I felt like I needed to do everything in the game. So <laughs> I I got I I got all the gems and all the relics um, on all the different levels, Caverns of Fire included. Um, so I uh, it, it was really helpful to kind of see exactly what levels I was missing. So I wouldn't have to just mm-hmm. kind of play through the whole thing and just kind of look and guess where to go. So, mm-hmm. but I did I did occasionally just like I did I had no clue where the relic was hidden. So I would literally just like be tapping the screen everywhere is and. It it was like hidden behind a <laughs> rock or something like that. So. Yeah. Nice. Something that I want to mention, I guess this is from a design point of view too, mm-hmm. but also from a player point of view, is these puzzly kinds of games, something that they have to do really well in order for the player to not feel overwhelmed, is to manage the sense of scale of those puzzles. For example, um, Monument Valley and Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker. That's the full name of Captain Toad, right? I think so. Yeah, so those games, especially Monument Valley and Captain Toad, they do it by creating a level that looks like a diorama, right? So mm-hmm. that your 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 expectation of what you have to do is is contained within that space, and that is really good. Lara Croft uh, doesn't do that, but it feels like that. They manage your sense of scale really well, and even when puzzles are really really large, they they make compartments out of them, right? So. You never feel like if the steps that I'm doing are part of a larger thing, so therefore I get lost and I don't know if it... You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. you kind of get lost in within your own logic if you don't have like a like a really close goal to, to strive for. And I felt like this is one of the things that Lara Croft does uh, brilliantly, which is to manage that scale without having to, to have some sort of gimmicky... Not gimmicky, because uh, in Captain Toad, I don't want to say it's a gimmick, but... <laughs> Um, it's it's part of the art style, and and I know why they do it. It's it's both easier for the player and developer to contextualize space. Larkov, I guess it does it uh, with a fixed camera angle, but I just want to point out how well designed those things are. Like, you know how how they manage to have something really really complex in a in a really well contained space. So should we move on to damaging the game? Let's do yeah. it. All right. So I actually have the chart up here, so I'll read through it. So for people who don't know, what we do after we re- review or talk about a game is we Give the game uh, four hearts because there's four of us. If there's less of us, there's three hearts, blah, blah, blah. So it has full da- full health at the beginning. And then we, we each get the damage up to four quarters of a heart. So you can do a full hearts damage up to just one quarter or no damage. So if you choose no damage, you love this game. You realize it's not perfect by any means, but you think it's great. 100% recommended. One quarter damage. The game has flaws, but it's still a very good game. You would still recommend it to most people and you had a good time. Uh, half damage. The game is not good. It's not bad either. It's a decent experience and you'd recommend it to the right people. Three quarters damage. The game is not good at all. It's uh, really bland and very boring. Not even so bad it's good and you'd likely not recommend it to anyone. Full damage. The game is terrible. You wouldn't recommend it to anyone other than to mock it. If you received it as a gift, you'd be angry. <laughs> terrible game. <laughs> so uh, I, this is Sage game, so you'll go last. Uh, why don't you start off, left? Um, you know, I really like this game and I'm, I'm torn on whether I should like kind of look at this as a mobile 
pure mobile game or not. Because if, if I look at it as it only a mobile game, then it's flawless and it's <laughs> no damage. But if I if I try to look at it more than that, I, I feel like it starts to kind of dip a little bit. But I, I, since I played it for mobile, to me it's a mobile game. So I loved it. I got every treasure. I would love to play more DLC for it. If the DLC is only for PS4, I will buy it for PS4 and play that. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go no damage. I, I love this game. It's also worth mentioning that it's a uh, recommendation system and not a rating. We don't. Yes, uh, you absolutely. Know, uh, yeah. If you give no damage, doesn't mean you think it's a hundred percent. You just think you you hundred percent would recommend it, and you love yeah, it. Definitely, yeah. So no All damage, right. Shelby. No damage. You have to give a spiel with it first, Shelby. Uh, I don't want to spiel. <laughs> Got to spiel. Good. We a already bit. talked about how awesome it is. <laughs> that's that's uh, a spiel. You're summer. You're summarizing yourself when you damage it, Shelby. No. All right. Shelby's not a team player. <laughs> Flat out refusal. Jesus. All right. Well, all I right. live a very contrarian existence. <laughs> well, I'm going to well, talk twice as long just to make up for No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I like the game a lot. Uh, if you were to, to like, I like kind of like, like the way you're talking about left. If you compare it just as a mobile game, then I can't think of any mobile games off the top of my head that is better. But I'm going to look at it as just a game and I will give it one quarter Carol damage. Blaster. It's a it's a good game. Uh, I liked it. I would recommend it to people. It's not my favorite game. I I didn't love playing. I didn't do the DLC. So I just I really enjoyed it and enjoyed the experience. It made me play my game on my phone for more than an hour. That's already an impressive feat. So yeah, it's great. One quarter damage. Seiji. <laughs> I have a very similar opinion to you guys. I mean, you have to always take into account when appreciating a game its point in time and its platform. You wouldn't like if Super Mario brothers existed on, on on the ps4 and that was the first time you've seen that <laughs> game you would have a really low opinion of it it's true it, it is a brilliant game but it's also a product of its own time mm-hmm. something that I'm, I'm starting to notice in the in the mobile platform is that thing that i mention a lot which is the legitimization of the platform you start to see the platform it's starting to develop its own history its own milestones its own uh like staple games mm-hmm. in the same way other platforms and it, it doesn't happen to all the platforms because, for example, Flash games, they didn't have their 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 superstar, you know what I mean? It was just a thing that people put games on. And that has happened in other platforms too. But in, in mobile, you can, we, we can point out that there's, at the very least, a handful of games that are completely brilliant that have changed their, the landscape within their own context. And that's what Lovecraft Go is, is doing for me. Clash Royale or Hearthstone. Carol Blaster, you you have like Angry Birds also was a mobile game. You you start you start to to see that that this this space that this platform is being legitimized by the content that is being released on it. The people are 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 actually artistically expressing ideas and trying new things, and that is one of the things that I love about video games, and I'm really happy for for it. So of course I'm I'm gonna give it no damage because in the context of the things that I describe, it's perfect. It's brilliant. It's a shining beacon of hope for for mobile games. So yeah. <laughs> And that's how you do a spiel, Shelby. <laughs> so that leaves it at a four hearts, uh, three and three quarters. That's pretty good. Almost, almost flawless. In the, almost as good as Carol Blaster. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we, we don't know if Shelby had, had tacked on. Maybe Carol Blaster would have been not flawless, but Shelby yeah, wasn't there. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. Let's be happy about that, I guess. <laughs> there we go, guys. Pretty good episode, I gotta say. We really brought out our big guns here, you know. Enjoyed it. I wonder what we're gonna do next time. Like, I literally Whoa. wonder because I have no idea what we're doing next week. <laughs> um, so yeah. Anyways, thanks for listening, people out there who are listening. Uh, you know, thanks Cartridge Club. You guys are great. Uh, P1 is really holding it together, 
And, uh, of course, you can reach us on Twitter, Facebook, website, whatever, onestrell.com. Hey, YouTube, don't we have a video coming out someday? Sometime soon. It's in the process. That's exciting. All right, well, yeah. thank, <laughs> thank you for listening. This is Rob. Shelby. Left. And say, have a good one. <laughs>